Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. Summer might be coming to an end, but as you'll hear on this episode, it's always gelato season. Today's guest started making gelato for dogs in her own kitchen and now has her products carried in shops around the West Coast. We talk about how she made the transition from corporate life to a dog-inspired life and what keeps her motivated every day. She also shares some of the biggest struggles of starting her own pet industry business. Debbie Hendricks owns Swell, Gelato for Dogs in Seattle, Washington. After an 18-year career in corporate fashion retail, she had a eureka moment and decided to pursue a lifelong dream. That is, working in a field that allowed her to be surrounded by dogs. Debbie let go of a life of high fashion and four-inch heels and traded it in for sneakers and a gelato cart. Just a few years later, her top-of-the-line dog gelatos are sold all over the West Coast. Hey, Debbie. Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you. This is such a neat business that you've created. Thank you. I think it's pretty fun. I have a lot of fun with it. I think it's very fun. Even just visually, it's really fun to look at and follow what you're doing. So um, I'm excited to hear about it. So so in your bio, it said that you had like this eureka moment. So I, I have to know, like what happened to you that you decided you wanted to make dog gelato? <laughs> it was literally, it was the middle of the night thing because I'm a terrible sleeper. I'm always awake between 2 and 4 a.m. But that's when I think, that's when I'm always coming up with stuff. So this was like three years, a little over three years ago. Um, and I had already left my retail career. And I was just going to take the summer off. I wasn't going to do anything because I'd worked hard for 18 years. I'm like, I deserve to take the summer off. But then I got bored after two weeks. And so I had already been making, just as a hobby, gelato for my boyfriend. And I had a little Italian gelato maker, and I really enjoyed that. And I was like, gosh, making gelato is such a, it's such a happy field. So I think in the back of my head, I was kind of thinking, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just get into the gelato business you know, for people. But then it never quite felt right. And, you know, here's like the other part of my brain reminding me that you've always wanted to do something with dogs, but I've never, I never knew what, like, I, I was like, you know, I don't want to have a doggy daycare. I don't, I just couldn't see it. So, um, yeah. So that night I was just laying awake and thinking about, well, what am I going to do? Cause I'm bored. And then it just literally came to me. I'm like, there's gelato, there's dogs. I'm going to make gelato for dogs because I'd already been making some for my, I had two chihuahuas at the time, you know, because I felt bad us eating all this deliciousness and them just looking at us and not being able to having any of it. So um, I already had some kind of formula. So then I just, yeah, I decided to just go for it. So what did you put in this dog gelato when you first started making it? For the dogs? Um, coconut yeah. milk. Yep, oh. because they can't have, you know, dairy is not really good for them. Mm -hmm. And um, I really wanted to make something that, that you know how like when you have a really delicious gelato 
is just so much better than just your like big brand ice cream or maybe even a frozen yogurt. It's just gelato is special. It's just so good. And so I've been trying to create something like that for dogs without obviously the cream and the eggs because, you know, it's not good for them. So um, after a lot of experimenting, um, coconut milk did the trick and it's actually really tasty. Like, because you know, I eat it myself all the time because I got to make sure it's good. I was going to ask you, like whenever I, well, no, I don't try everything I make for the dogs. I recently made them popsicles that had a fish as the stick. <laughs> so I didn't try that, but I usually do try a lot of the stuff that I make them. So I was, I was wondering, okay, so it's a coconut milk base. Yeah. You yeah. have different flavors? Oh, yes. So I have, so when I, the very first thing I made was like banana peanut butter, because that's, you know, you know, that's something dogs are, you know, usually really liking. And that was pretty easy to make to come up with like a formula for that. Um, and so that one's actually, it's so good. Like I eat it all the time. My boyfriend even, you know, he was, he was like really excited when I was kind of thinking about going in the gelato business for people because he loves ice cream. And then when I told him, you know, after that morning, when I woke up after I had my Eureka moment and I told him it was going to be for dogs, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but now when I make the banana peanut butter, he comes with his little cup, you know, refill it right from the gelato machine. It's good. And so that was my first flavor. And then, you know, once I decided I was going to do this, I'm like, well, I need more than one flavor. And then, then it was just like experimenting. And I finally came up with one that's actually the dog's favorite now. And that's the pumpkin cheddar. And it sounds kind of odd because people always give me that look like, oh, I don't know about pumpkin cheddar, but oh my gosh, it's so good. It kind of tastes like a lightly sweetened pumpkin mousse. You know what? I had I had an ice cream the other day out of a people ice cream shop that was goat cheese ice cream and it was it didn't taste cheesy. It was just good. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how the pumpkin cheddar is. And then so I have one more that's like all year round. That's my sweet potato molasses. That one's vegan and smells really good. And then I have um, my seasonal one, which I think is like the most popular, but it's just, I, I, it's a crave-worthy thing because it's only around during pumpkin spice latte season. And that's my nog for dogs. So that's basically like a spiced pumpkin gelato. That is so fun. So, okay, so you have all these different flavors and, um, and you mentioned in your bio, again, that you have a, a gelato cart. So... <laughs> But you're also sold in stores around the West Coast. So how do you kind of juggle um, or, you know, how, how do you sell this gelato? Are you really wheeling a cart around Seattle and selling gelato? Oh my gosh, my arms would be, and legs would be in such good shape with all the hills we have. No, so really the cart is what got me started because, you know, when I had the idea of like, this is what I'm going to do for the summer, you know, I was like, well, how, where am I going to sell it? You know, I got to make this happen fairly quickly. So I just got this like fun, bright orange, because orange is my favorite color, gelato cart. And I got a permit to go sell in the dog parks. And so at that time, I, I don't think I was really... I hadn't made it a career, just, you know, a definite career move yet. It was just something I was going to do for the summer. So I got the gelato cart. I went to the dog parks and um, there really was only two reactions from people. Either they'd look at me and they'd be like, oh, poor girl, that's cute. <laughs> or they would be like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. And then their dogs loved it. And so after seeing, you know, after doing this for a couple of months, because, you know, here in Seattle, our summer is really only a couple of months. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I think I'm on to something here. And um, as I was starting to interview for other corporate jobs and it never felt right. And I'm like, you know what? I got to follow my heart here and I got, I got to give it everything and see if it works. And so that's when I decided to 
you know, start selling in stores. So I got my mark, I got my branding, I got my cups designed, I did all that stuff. And I continued doing like events with the gelato cart. But then once I started going in stores, the gelato cart really doesn't come out all that much anymore. It's just for events and stuff, but it's so much fun when I get there. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. It's really, really cute. Yeah. And the dogs, I don't know what it is. They know what's in there because they're always like, you know, if they're tall enough, they're always like jumping up, putting their paws up, wanting to see what's in there. And it's cute. So, okay. So you said that you kind of debated going back to corporate and decided to do this full time instead. What was that transition like going from a career in corporate fashion to this, which like couldn't be more different? <laughs> um, scary as heck. <laughs> It was scary because, you know, you're used to, you're used to a structure in the corporate world. There's always a structure, you know, even though a corporate life can be hectic too. And you don't know what one day is going to bring, what the next is going to bring. You do know that you're going to get a regular paycheck mm -hmm. <laughs> and you kind of know more or less what your schedule is going to be like. And for as much as, you know, there, there, there's a lot out there right now about entrepreneurship, which is great. So it gives you some idea, but you don't really know until you start like how it's like, all involving and it's you breathe it day in day out that is that is just what your life is so um yeah it was a little bit of a scary transition and i mean to this day still i mean you should never just take things for granted like i still have moments where i'm like oh my gosh am i gonna make it <laughs> am i doing the right thing but then you you know then you you get the feedback from the people that oh my gosh, my dog loved it and you made him so happy. And you see how happy the people are when their dogs are so happy. And then, then you know, like, okay, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing here. I'm keeping yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, it, it's just so rewarding to be able to do something that you can, you can see how happy it makes people. Um, yeah. You don't have to like wonder about it or, you know, I guess if you're in fashion, you're like, you know, you, you, you don't usually get to see the person actually buying the dress and then wearing it to whatever special occasion. It's kind of removed. Um, but you're seeing the joy like as it happens. Right. And I think that's what's so great about social media too, because otherwise, how would I know? You know, I would only know from the events that I go to, but you wouldn't have the feedback from, because they're not my own stores, they are pet stores, and in some cases, grocery stores. And but now, through social media, people post all these pictures on my Instagram page, and I'm like, oh, look at that dog liking it. They're so happy. You know, it's great. It's like constant reinforcement of, of happiness, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you mentioned that when you kind of got this up and running, there was like cups that you had to design and graphics and packaging and branding and websites and all this stuff. Was there anything that you had to figure out that was like really surprising and unexpected to you or, or was a huge challenge to figure out? Yeah, there was. It wasn't so much... Um, let me think about this for a second. It wasn't the design in hindsight, the design and all that all came fairly natural, I think, because really um, it's, they always say it's not, it's not personal. It's business. For me, it's the other way around. Like everything about swell is kind of personal. Like orange is my favorite color. So it was like a given that it was going to be around orange, the orange, the card orange, you know, the marketing, it's orange. It's happy. It's orange. Um, swell. So I'm originally from Belgium and, um, I came to the country in 97 and I don't know at what point I first ever heard the word swell, but it was in the very beginning because I'd never heard that word in Belgium before. 
And I don't know what it is. I just liked it. And nobody ever uses it. And I always felt weird like throwing it out there. This <laughs> is such a nostalgic word. People just don't use it. So when I had the idea of what I was going to do, that I was going to make this gelato for dogs, it was like I didn't even have to think about it, what the name was going to be. It was going to be swell. Um, and then, yeah, so all that all came fairly easy. I think where it got really difficult was when I was trying to expand to other regions to um, – you know, because here in the Pacific Northwest, I'm kind of the hometown girl, and people here love local businesses, and they are so amazing in their support. But then when you start moving out of state, you don't have that, right? And now you're competing with, with the big guys, and there's like pricing structures that are sometimes out of your control, and you're competing with, with big funded companies who can give all kinds of stuff away. And, you know, here I am making everything by hand and with small margins, so I can't do that. So that's definitely been. That's definitely been a, a, a challenge. It's, it's been a challenge, but I'm kind of handling it through sticking to my strategy of like, you know, mine is kind of, it's kind of an old school business, if you will. Like I'm making this stuff by hand. It's like not the fastest way of making things. I'm focusing on like winning over one customer at the time. I'm not doing mass marketing. I just don't have the budget for that kind of stuff. So I just keep telling myself, you know, you do you. <laughs> Everybody else can do their thing. You do you and it'll be okay. But it's definitely challenging sometimes. I think that is such a like mind shift that is happening though, like in our consumer culture is that especially with dogs, like it's everything that we buy for our dogs is about the experience. There's, you know, even things that you buy that are utilitarian, like a collar or a leash, it's experiential. You're going to use that leash to go on an adventure or something like that. So people aren't just like going on and like add to cart and click. They don't really want this like anonymous thing. I think there's like a wonderful trend happening of people love um, like slow, slow food, slow retail movement kind of for their dogs because everyone wants the best for their dogs. So yeah. So I, I, I think that, um, I think that your approach is like really part of like a a trend of where things are going away from like the big box, um, like huge quantity kind of things. Yeah, no, it's very refreshing. And I'm always surprised by how many people like want to hear my story. Cause at first I was like, well, why do you care? (laughs) (laughs) But they do, they want to hear my story and like things like, you know, it's just such a mind shift from again, when I was in like corporate retail, we didn't deal with any of that, like more small scale stuff. But for example, Instagram TV videos, right? Those are like, to me, I was like, at first, who's going to watch that? Nobody's going to watch that. But then I did one and I didn't think it was very good. It was just me talking. Uh, But I just did it for the heck of it. And then it got such great response that I've been doing stuff like that. And it just reinforces the fact that people want to see you know, that you're real, I think. Mm-hmm. And they want to know why are you doing what you're doing and how are you doing this? And, you know, they, they want to hear your story. And it's, I think it's so awesome. Yeah. So, okay. I think a lot of people don't know what to post on IGTV. So like, what kind of things do you talk about? What kind of videos do you share? Well, it's always a spur of the moment thing. Cause if I, pl- if I try to plan it, like I've been it's, it had been, I posted one yesterday, actually. But before that, it had been like a few weeks. And I'd been thinking like, okay, I need to do another one, I need to do another one. But then I totally get writer's block, if you will. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I got nothing to say. I don't know. Because I'm trying too hard to think something, you know, interesting to say. But then yesterday, 
I was making a big batch of pumpkin cheddar gelato and um, I was going in my big walk-in freezer, which is really cold, right? And you have to be in there for a while. So I'm like wearing all these layers, like totally dressing up to go in the freezer. And then it just kind of hit me and I was like, oh, people might want to see that. That's kind of funny because it's summer outside and here I am dressing like I'm going to the Arctic. So um, my parents are actually visiting from Belgium. So I made my mom the cameraman and we both went into the freezer and she was just kind of filming me. Um, yeah, just showing my freezer. And then it gets so many views. I'm like, wow, that's just fascinating that people care. But I guess they like to see that. How is this stuff made and where does it come from before it gets to the store? So yeah. Well, and yeah, then I, if they do go and buy it, they know like it came from this shelf in your freezer is where it started. So it's it's really cool for people to do right. that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of the formula that I'm using. Like Instagram posts, I try to think more, you know, think more about it and keep them, you know, to a certain format or whatnot so it all looks nice and mm -hmm. uniform somewhat. Uh, but I think the stories and the Instagram TV that you just have fun with that just be real You know, whatever's happening. It's but to me those are spur of the moment. If I think of it I'll do it if I don't think of anything there might not be one for a while <laughs> But that's okay because it's like authentic and and real that way. Yeah. And that's what people want Yeah So as you're you know branching out and expanding your market of where you're carried how do you select like which stores to reach out to because like you said you're you're in Seattle so you're not um, in these other cities so do you go down and, and sort of scope it out and make sure that you like the store before you reach out to them or how do you figure that out uh, that is actually a really tough part so right now I am in Oregon Washington and then I have a distributor for California, California, Arizona, and Nevada. And so that has been a really big learning experience is that it hurts not being able to be there. At the same time, I am a one-person company, so I'm the one making the gelato, so I don't have time to travel to all these places. So what I try to do is um, instead of just focusing on stores, I want to connect with the, with the people, with the dog owners. I want to meet them and tell them why their dog should have gelato, right? So I've been to California twice now, and I make it a point to go meet up with some of the, I call them the social media dogs, but like, for example, in San Diego, there's this group of Instagram dogs that all have met each other through Instagram, and they're now friends, and they do hikes, and pack walks, and weekends out. And so there's such a tight, fun group. So I try to reach out to people like that first. But then, of course, when I'm there, I have to also, you know, connect with the stores because if they don't want to sell it, the, the, the Instagram dogs don't get to have it. Right. It's challenging. Like, I basically just have to do it when I can, like, call a store here, call a store there. But if they don't know you, it's, it's tough. And, you know, my gelatos are not, they are not the cheapest product out there. They can't be because they're, they're handmade. Their ingredients are different. And so sometimes for a store who doesn't know you, it's, it's hard. So the growth in California hasn't been super super fast but I'm okay with that because I have to be able to keep up too I'm still doing everything myself so yeah and I think I know exactly what Instagram dog you're talking about Maggie loves orbit oh yes you know them yeah because I'm friends with Hannah um, okay. and we we always comment on each other's stuff and I I was posting on Instagram that I was looking for new podcast guests and she recommended you like right after I reached out to you so oh my gosh, that's um, so funny yeah but like you're right like the like the pack walks and all the stuff that they do to kind of create like this local community 
is just so wonderful. So to be able to tap into that, um, and you know, I don't know if, if every city has a group like that, but I try to do that in Pittsburgh. We, we're hosting a pack walk next weekend. Um, so it's just, it's wonderful, like what can happen when you create this kind of community. It is. It is. And I tell, whenever I'm at an event or whatever, and I meet people with their dogs, one of the first questions I always ask, and people used to think I'm crazy, not so much anymore. I'm like, does your dog have Instagram? And, you know, now actually 80% of them say yes. <laughs> but, you know, the ones that don't, I try to tell them, I'm like, listen, it's so fun. I'm like, you don't even know you're going to meet so many fun people. And this whole dog Instagram community, it's just about love and dogs and loving your dogs and it's not about like politics or this or negative experience anything like that is just I think it's such a positive thing so I try to encourage everybody to do it because I think it's great yeah every puppy that I meet like if I need meet it like a, a new puppy I'm like what well, we have to create an Instagram account for them I need to follow them <laughs> um <laughs> they do it's it's just like it's it's really it's I don't know. It's just such a positive aspect of, of my life. And I think so many other people's lives too. Um, it's more than just like a social network. It's become like just a wonderful community of people. I agree. I totally agree. And so, yeah, that's when I met, um, Maggie and orbit too. And so I met, I met Hannah, you know, their mom and then like a whole bunch, I don't even know. I think over two days I met like eight, nine of the dogs that are kind of in their group. And it's so funny. And I told only found them because of some of the dogs that I was friends with on, on Instagram here in Seattle, because you know, they're all connected. So yeah, it's everything into a very small world. And I it love does. It. Well, and I think what's really cool about the Instagram dog world is that so many people meet up in real life. Like, you know, you could find some dogs that you're friends with or following and you could actually go to a different city and meet up with them in person. And it's not weird. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like I brought together two dogs uh, when I was down there in San Diego who had been wanting to meet each other. I say dogs, but really the owners. Right. Yeah. And so, um, they had never met each other before. And then like three weeks ago, I saw they totally went on a hike together. I'm like, Oh, it's so cute. So, it's so fun. Well, so speaking of dogs, tell us about your dog that you have now. My patches. Yes. So, as he is looking up as I'm saying that. So I have Patches. He is a rescue chihuahua. He's probably about 11 or 12 or something now. Um, he has only one eye. So he's named Patches because when I first got him, I was like, I'm going to put an eye patch on him. That's going to be cute. Yeah, that never happened. <laughs> but the name stuck because he's white. he was white with brown patches. So it kind of worked anyways. Uh, but yeah, he catches is practically blind now, but he gets around um, and he is my main gelato taste tester. Like I taste everything, make sure that I like it, but he has to like it too because he's a little picky. And um, so, yeah, he's definitely been very helpful in, <laughs> you know, me coming up with new flavors and because if Patches doesn't like it, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of picky dogs out there. He's got to like it. So I have to know, like, what, what were some flavors that Patches didn't like? Oh gosh, what was I playing? Because I can't. I have Labradors, and they would eat like a rock. So <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, what did Patches not like? What did we play with? I think I tried. Like, if okay. it's only bananas, he won't do it. And so um, he has a more complex I, palate. <laughs> yeah, he d he really does. He likes a combination of flavors, which is actually probably yeah. Go figure. That's why everything is like a combination of flavors, except the sweet potato molasses that only has sweet potato. He likes that one. 
I think there was a um, melon one that he didn't care for. And then I tried peaches. Um, he does like berries, though, so there might be something there for the future. We'll see. Um, but yeah, and then the nog, the seasonal one, I really created because he is a chihuahua, right? So they get cold so easy. Oh. So when it, it's always gelato weather for dogs, right? They don't care. But the really skinny breeds, um, like chihuahuas, whatnot, like they start shivering because they just get really cold. So I wanted to make something uh, for the winter time, fall and winter time, when it's colder, that can be thawed right? Because the gelatos, my gelatos are designed to be frozen hard. So they're a long lasting licking treats for the dogs. But in the winter, I wanted to have something that if somebody didn't want to give their dog frozen, they had the option of putting it in the fridge and it would still hold up and be like a moussey consistency. Oh. And so with the nog, you can do that. So most people still give it to their dogs frozen because, you know, not every, not every dog is like patches. Uh, and it's better that way because it's more long lasting, but the nog you can you know, you can set it, you can set it in the fridge and Let give it, it like a moment. Yeah. And that way he's not sitting there shivering and getting brain freezes as he's eating this in the winter. <laughs> That's so cool. It reminds me, I listened to an episode of another podcast called How I Built This from yeah. NPR and um, Ben and Jerry were on there. And if you haven't listened to it, you would probably really like the episode. Um, but they opened their first location, I think in like February. And everyone was like, who's going to buy ice cream in February? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think it's really, it's a really good point that, you know, people now do eat ice cream year round. It doesn't really matter, but especially for dogs, but it's, it's very neat to have like the winter ice cream that you can thaw a little bit. That's such a cool idea. Right, right. Yeah, and truly, it's just like you said, it really is always gelato weather for dogs. They don't care. But, but you have to tell the people that, right? Because they're like, oh, it's not hot. My dog doesn't need one. And I'm like, but they want one. Yeah, once you <laughs> want see one. eat it, you're right. <laughs> well, Debbie, this has been so much fun talking to you. And um, I hope everyone goes in and looks up Swell. Tell them where they can find you online. So if you go to my website, which is swellgelato.com, you can go to the buy swell tab and there you can just put in your zip code and then it'll pop up which store is closest to you. But so right now I'm still just only on the West Coast. I hope in the near future to have um, distribution like outside the West Coast, but for now I can only do what I can keep up with. So, well, and I think with a frozen product, it's probably hard. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of gelato making going on. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. Um, it was really great having you on the show. Thank you for having me, Tori. Thank you for listening to the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park.